the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. Adam, this is one I'm particularly excited about. This band Mm -hmm. was my jam for a long time when I was a little kid. Um, I'm pretty sure you listened to them, at least probably through me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you listened to them outside of that for sure, but... Maybe you'll find out. Maybe I'll find out. Uh, definitely, they were a staple of the mid-90s, and uh, admittedly, this is the first concert I ever went to without a parent oh, nice. was, was <laughs> this concert. Um, and I am talking about the band Better Than Ezra, and specifically, we're going to be reviewing their 1995, and I'll talk about why I emphasize that, that number, uh, their 1995 album, Deluxe. As you put it, yes, this is an album that you introduced me to. Uh, mm-hmm. I did listen to it. Actually, I definitely listened to it You know, after you left. You went off to college, but this is one that stayed with me, so this is extremely high in my nostalgia value as well Okay, uh, for the for 90s music. Uh, so as I mentioned, like back in 96, so like right when the band was still pretty big, I, I went to go see them with my buddy Al um, at the Roxy in Atlanta, mm-hmm. And uh, I remember uh, it was I was my freshman year of high school. Uh, it was my first concert uh, going to with just uh, me and friends, like no parents taking us in. And uh, I remember this uh, concert very well for two reasons. One, for it being that and me loving the band. I still remember the concert. Mm. Uh, and it was a great concert. I, there was a couple of opening acts I had to suffer through, but the, <laughs> the band itself was was great when we saw them. Um, I also remember, I don't think he listens to this podcast. I highly doubt it. Um, but if he does, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Henderson. I lied to my band teacher about what I was doing so I could get out of a football game to go to this concert. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and the worst part about it, I made our mother lie to Mr. Henderson. Oh, gee- <laughs> And she, she, did- was co- she was complacent in my oh, life. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. An accessory to the crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh and it, it i remember it came around to her because uh so it was my freshman year I, I was in the marching band and i had i however i concocted this lie i don't know i think i told them we were going camping mm-hmm. which was something we did at the time but yeah. just not then and later when they there was like a um uh, like an open house day uh f- you know for the parents to come in and and you know meet all the teachers mm-hmm. and i remember our mom telling me that she went in and there was a video playing and he specifically went over and he goes, Hey, do you see that hole? That's where John was supposed to be. <laughs> Cause they had, they had videotaped the show that weekend oh, and wow. they were showing that video. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Henderson, for lying to you, <laughs> especially because as someone who was a band director and like got legitimately pissed off when students would lie to me about where they went, mm-hmm. I, I, I made me a hypocrite, but yeah. <laughs> uh, oh well, oh whatever. Well. Sorry, mom, if I got you into trouble. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, the reason I kind of uh, spoke a little weirdly about the date is this album actually uh, came out in 1993. Uh, Better Than Ezra released it on their indie label, um, probably just circulated around New Orleans, which is roughly where the band was from. They actually, mm-hmm. all the original members of the band went to LSU mm-hmm. together. Um, and then uh, Electra Records picked it up and reissued it in 1995, and that's when they got big. Yeah, that's when the CD came out. I remember the CD cover. I remember you having it in particular. Um, I'm pretty sure I had a burned copy of it or something uh, because right. yeah, I listened to it quite a bit as well, even after you were gone. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of like a reddish cover with kind of like it's like a flowing sheets or something like that, and it just says it's like a red curtain, and yeah, then it just says curtain. better than Nether and green letters and, yes, and deluxe is. in the corner. Yep, uh, it do, it does kind of make it stand out, especially because it's very much a sort of uh, maroon, almost mm-hmm. pink color. So it definitely makes it stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of miss the days of having to physically go find a, a record or a CD because album art was such a thing yeah 
and I I anyone's album that comes out now I could not I could not identify you know if you took the names off of them and just looked at the art I don't think I could identify them now absolutely yeah it was produced by a man named Dan Rothschild I actually have no really idea if he produced anything else mm-hmm. this is the the band's first big CD release anything they had done before this was not really an officially CD release mm-hmm. it was just like an EP or yeah. something that they released as a band uh, surprisingly this band was together for seven years before deluxe came out oh okay well wow. band uh, was formed I believe in around 1988 uh, like I said at at, uh, at LSU um, there were originally four members of the band uh, the three uh, who I'll talk about in a second and then there was another guy uh, named Joel Rundell, who was the second guitar player, and he committed suicide when they were in Ooh. college, or around 1990. Um, and so they kind of they disbanded for like a short time in '90, and then came back together just as a trio, mm-hmm. and just decided to stay as a trio. This this album uh, peaked at uh, 35 on the Billboard 200. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up having three singles, uh, which we'll talk about, but they were uh, good. Uh, which hit the peaked at the uh, Billboard Hot 100 at 30. Uh, the song In the Blood, which didn't hit the Hot 100, but it made number four on the modern rock tracks. Uh, and then Rosalia uh, hit number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100. So those were their those were their three singles from the album. Yeah, and actually only two of those got videos. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, uh, I see. Actually, I watched I watched videos of all three of them. I think. Really? I could not find the video for Rosalia. Oh, I, I did end up finding one. So, yeah, which I'll talk about. Okay. Yep. Okay. I saw the other two, but I did not see. Yeah, they're all they're all fairly esque similar. Actually, yeah, the only the only one that I would say is of note is the Rosalia one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the album came out in February, February 28th of 1995, <clears throat> as I mentioned by Electra Records. The personnel on the album are Kevin Griffin, who is the guitarist and lead vocalist. Tom Drummond, who is the bass player, and Carrie Bonacase, who was the drummer. Um, I remember seeing them live, and uh, Carrie's drumming kind of stuck out to me because he was left-handed. Mm. So he played the drums left-handed, so everything is reversed. Wherever mm. you would think normally it uh, is on a drum set is reversed, uh-huh. um, which is a weird thing to say because I'm also left-handed, but I play all of yeah. my instruments right-handed Okay, uh, just because it's easier that way. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other people uh, who played on there. Uh, Lily ha- uh, Hayden played violin. Melanie Owen did some backup vocals. Uh, the producer, Dan Rothschild, did some various vocals and instruments. Walt Thompson did some Hammond organ, which you can hear in a couple tunes. And Martin Tillman did cello, just some extra stuff that got thrown in. But those three original guys, those were the main ones. Um, before we go into it, I will say, so uh, at some point, uh, both uh, Tom Drummond and Carrie Bonacase left the band. Tom Drummond did eventually come back, and I think he's still touring with them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerry Bonacase, when he left, uh, he sued the band <laughs> for money he thought he was owed. He sued them for a million dollars, and they ended up settling out of court, um, and for not you know an undisclosed amount. Uh-huh. Uh, someone, uh, someone, a producer said it was way less than a million but uh-huh. so i got obviously some bad blood there yeah yeah when they left <laughs> and they've just had some uh, some other guys who've kind of toured with them for a while um they had they had one guy who toured with them for a, a long time after uh, bonakaze who is also the drummer for the country band sugarland oh, okay yeah that's a very popular band and he uh he eventually he eventually left better than ezra to continue with sugarland because the demands yeah. were just were too much with sugarland and and uh, from what all, all intents and purposes, that was an amicable split. Yeah, it was. Uh, hey, sorry guys, this you know this gig is blowing up. I've I've got to I've got to yeah. stay on it. And they were like, well, we understand. Yeah, I'd definitely say yeah. Sugarland, they became one of the biggest country hits, like of of those like kind of mid two thousands or whatever that they right. got big. So cool. All right, the album itself runs about fifty three minutes and thirty nine seconds. So a pretty long album actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, most of the songs run close to four minutes. Um, a few of them are run smaller, and one of them runs suspiciously long. Yeah. Oh, huh? How very nineties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe that'll. Uh, maybe something will happen there. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, do you have anything else you want to add about the band or the album? No, I'm just excited to get into this one. I remember uh, very much loving this album when I was younger, uh, and so it was. It's very good to go back and re-listen to it, and we can break it down. 
All right. So we actually start off with their second single that they released uh, as the number one track, which is called In the Blood. Can you be so warm? Can you know what I feel? What is the way you move your hands? Way you understand, and that's the reason that I'm asking. Hey, yeah, yeah. and that's the reason that I want to know. Hey, yeah, yeah. and that's the reason that I'm asking. Hey, yeah, yeah. and that's the reason that I. All right, so I think this is a solid start. I mean, it kicks. It kicks right out of the gate, uh, you know. Drums, you know, drums kick in, and we just boom. We go right to it. Um, it's a it's a great upbeat song. It's the it's uh, the three singles they released. Um, this the reason this song didn't chart on the Billboard Top 100 is because it was not eligible to chart because they didn't actually release it as a CD single. Oh, okay. It just became a radio single. Okay. So they made a video for it. They re- they did reseed it, but they didn't actually release a physical CD single, which is th- what makes it eligible as a uh, Hot 100 single. Gotcha. So that's why it never actually cracked into Billboard because it wasn't eligible. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it peaked pretty high on like some of the other smaller side charts that it was on. But yeah. Okay. But that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I I definitely like the song. I, the way you put it, it's upbeat. It's, it's it moves well. Um, the only thing that I slightly disagree on with you is I don't love how this song starts. Now I love how this song starts for the song but i don't think this is a good opener to the album it just goes dun 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 and it just moves in i'm like i feel like that should be a second song or another song going like i'm not i'm not like moved into the album like i feel like i should be you know i need i need my flow (laughs) and which which song would you have started with well i mean it's as weird as it sounds i know Good starts somewhat similar. Go, dun, dun. I mean, it's just got the guitar, but I feel like that's slightly of a better start. Maybe just flip flop good and in the blood, and I'd be a little bit happier. Uh, but it's still, it's I that doesn't hinder the fact that I very much enjoy in the blood. It, it moves well. Uh, I really like the lead singer's voice. You know, I just want to, I'll go ahead and say that, you know, blanket statement across his entire album. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's not like a top tier vocalist by any means, but he is, a, he has a good voice and it fits. Yeah. really well uh in with this type of music it's definitely unique mm-hmm. just in the timbre of his his voice yeah um and i think he, i think he's a solid alternative rock yes singer he's perfect for alternative rock and that's exactly what they are it works really well um the music video it was very 90s um yeah it was black and white the band is singing and they're playing and they're kind of intercut you know with this kid's kind of distraught life or something that's going right. on uh you know and the kid the kid's like learning sign language or something so maybe he's deaf i don't i don't understand some of it also the drummer was playing at one point he's playing facing a corner he's in the corner of a room but he's playing like facing towards the corner <laughs> uh, which is kind of strange but i don't know it was all kind of weird uh it was all mm-hmm. it was all very 90s 90s because it was it was very weird but I kind of liked it. <laughs> it just kind of worked. <laughs> so yeah, you you do get noticed uh, a lot of that sort of. You see the band playing, yeah, and then you see this like weird story that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing to do with the song. It didn't seem like it. Uh, it's right. a lot of quick cutting. A lot of quick cutting. They, I think they use the same exact, probably director and editor for all three of their music videos because they all had a very similar editorial style that I realized that just it okay just, yeah it seems similar uh so I'm ready to move on to the to the next one I'm good with that John <laughs> I'm good with it uh and that is of course their biggest radio hit good well maybe I'm just too sure or maybe I'm just
I played the shit out of the song when I when I was a teenager. Yeah. I love I don't know why. I've always been a fan of songs where during the uh during the verse it's basically just the bass playing. I mean the drums mm-hmm. are playing too, but the bass is is holding up the harmonic. Mhm kind of rhythm of what's going on and this is this one it's it's stupid simple i mean it's just straight bum 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 it's just over and over i mean it reminds me a lot of uh smells like teens you just saying that i didn't think about it listening to it but you just doing the baseline made me think of teen spirit right away uh so i mean it's very simple but i don't know i've always kind of liked that sound that sort of it's empty you take away the guitar and so you just have the low end and you have the drums and then the mm-hmm. high end of the singer. So you're missing all that middle noise. And I, I it sounds to me, it makes it sound very nineties. Uh, but I've always kind of enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a fun song, you know, you, you get weird sounds like, ah, <laughs> it's good living with you. Wow. Yeah. Whatever it is. You know what? It, for as, for as big as a radio hit it is, I don't really get sick of this song. I still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, yeah, they're, this is the one that you have a chance for oversaturation because it's the most played. Um, and it is a solid song. I, I definitely like it. It's very catchy. It's the one that, you know, made people get by this album. Uh, but, right. you know, this is not my favorite song of the album. I will say that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not even actually probably not even close, uh, but it is a very solid one. This song just really takes me back to the 90s, you know, in, in the best possible way. Uh, like this song's not as poppy as something as like hooting the blowfish or sister sister hazel or something you know this is a little bit more of like darker tones even even this song and this one you know it's it's more like a toad the wet sprocket gin blossoms that kind of vibe um right you know it 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 fits with all of those you know this is one to go on your 90s playlist yeah that bass line is really good uh it's the one that i can easily listen to and i can easily listen to it over and over again and i it's it's short and it's sweet and it's solid right uh, and this is a good one. Yeah, yeah, not my favorite of the album, but a damn good song. So the this music video, uh, very again, same kind of style. Uh, it's the band uh, playing, you know, intercut with some stuff. One, they're kind of acting like tourists, and there's this one guy who's running with a suitcase. Like <laughs> he's just running around with a suitcase. He looks like a hitman or something, but I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Like. It's just weird, and it doesn't tie into the song at all <laughs> or the other visuals. And so it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, so whatever. But, um, you know, that's that. Oh, and one last thing that I def- that I noticed, really, I think the only time I ever noticed it uh, was listening to the song for this podcast. At the very, very end, uh, you will hear a little, vo- a very distorted and, like, you know, it's very soft, but there's a little vocal yeah, that's right. At the very end of this song, it's like uh, this yes. the tiniest tail of it, which I was like, "Whoa, I don't remember that." <laughs> oh, I totally remember that. Okay. Um, in fact, I remember my some of my buddies and I with that we would quote that part of the song <laughs> to each other. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so we're gonna move on to the next song on the track, which is called "Southern Girl." This one might be my least favorite song on the whole album. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's still a good song. I still listen to it. Yeah. I don't necessarily. I'm. I mean, I might be more inclined to skip this one from another ones, but I still, um, I still like the song. I can still listen to it without any problem. Doesn't, you know, it's not one where I'm like, oh, this one was horrible. It's still good. It's just out of out of all the songs on the album, this one's probably my least favorite. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. You know, I mean, this one's a it's a good one it's definitely chiller than some of the previous songs that we've had um you know basically just talking about you know wanting a southern girl and um that kind of thing uh and it's it is it's a good one it's not one that i hunt out at all when i'm thinking of or wanting to listen to better than other songs but it's one that i 
that I don't think it needs to be skipped. And if if we're both mm-hmm. saying that this is one of our least favorites, or if not hands down the least favorite of the album, but we still like it and will listen to it and not skip it, that's a fucking good compliment for this album. And we'll yeah, definitely exactly. talk more about that. Um, I have one issue, though, uh, with a line that they say. Um, they specifically call out, and I always like this line, it's like, uh, she smiles as she drinks iced tea, uh, if you know that that line. Right. If they're wanting a southern girl, it should be it should be said she smiles as she drinks sweet tea because they don't drink iced tea, they drink sweet tea, <laughs> and that's that. Uh, that's just my that's my southern side coming out and being like, hey man, that's it, it's sweet tea. <laughs> well, yeah, Louisiana is southern, but it's kind of its, yeah. its own type of southern. Very true. <laughs> so, so. Uh, all right, so now we're gonna take a little bit of a darker turn mm-hmm. in the song called. The killer inside. Well, she believes the time can make things right. Yeah. And I wanna believe there's been a change in me. And I. So it was kind of at this point of the album that I started to notice that largely for the vast majority of these songs, uh, even though the songs don't necessarily sound the same, the, the, you know, the harmonic rhythms are different, the styles are different, the tones are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, using, uh, they're using a lot of, of clean guitar. I mean, they use obviously some distorted guitar. But for some of these riffs, they're using a lot of clean guitar and tremoloed guitar, um, as well as kind of the bass line. And the drummer loves his ride cymbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses his ride cymbal a lot in this album. Uh, but, I mean, it, it works for the songs. Mm-hmm. It's the thing. I just, after a while, yeah. I, I started and I was like, yeah, damn, he's, he's on the ride cymbal again. <laughs> I, I, like how, I like how kind of dark the song is yeah um, yeah it slows us down a little bit but you know talking about the killer inside you mm-hmm. it's it's you know uh, maybe i'm just dark myself who knows uh, well yeah i, I, I you must be <laughs> and i know for sure i am uh because <laughs> for me this is hands down my favorite song of the album uh, really i love the killer inside. This is this is a song that I will play all the time. So we've talked about this before. I mean, I fucking love this song, and we've talked about this with different songs. And it's funny the ones that that do this for us, but the ones that you go and you just get inside yourself and you right. just think. And this is one of those songs for me. This is one that I would absolutely take my Sony Walkman and I would pretty much put it on repeat, you know, for a while, you know, I, this right. is a, this was a perfect album for me to go and just kind of be an angsty teen because <laughs> starting, starting with this song, there's a whole bunch of them that work like that for me towards yeah. the second half of this album and, and this one. Um, but like, this is, this was without question, my favorite. It's one that I, you know, I would have it re-listen to it and I would go walk, from our house to Newtown Park in Alpharetta and walk around and just be angsty and think about, fuck, do people see the, the inner darkness in me? I'm a, I'm a 14, 15-year-old kid, and I've got these inner demons, and no one knows. Uh, but like, <laughs> but it, it just struck a chord with me. I just love this song, and I love it to this day. You know, it's on one of those mixes of just those kind of songs that make me get inside myself. Um, and this this album actually has quite a few of them, but this is definitely the biggest for me. I, I love the passion that I feel in this song, and um, yeah, and I've got a I've got a darkness. <laughs> I've got a darkness. Uh, yeah, some, I'm learning new things yep. about you, Adam. <laughs> learning new things. Uh, all right, so now we're gonna go to uh, what was their final single on the album? Mm-hmm. 
So the singer lived for a while in Santa Fe, uh, and he was a he was a waiter, and the owner was named Rosalia, and he kind of wrote the song as a tribute to her, mm-hmm. which is kind of disturbing because it's kind of about abuse. Yes, uh, definitely is about abuse. I really do enjoy this song. I think, <clears throat> aside from, I mean, good, you know, we said it's a great song. The lyrics on that one are kind of like 90s. Mm-hmm. Like some of them don't really make sense. But some of the other songs that they have on this album, Kevin Griffin tells some really amazing stories. He does. They're very dark and they're extremely poetic lyrics. Yes. Um, and I, I, to me, this is one of those songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love... Uh, you know, it is, it's, it's very nineties in its style. And, um, but I do, I always love that at the very end, like the song fades out and then it starts to phase back in and it's them like doing kind of like a, yeah. kind of like almost salsa version yes. <laughs> in Ro- of Rosalia. Yeah. And I, just I for, you know, just for a few seconds, I don't think I liked it when I was younger, but when I re-listen to it now, I'm like, okay, I'm cool with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is a, this is a good 90s song yeah and i do like how you know what the lyrics um yeah that they are you know breaking this kind of song down now it makes me appreciate the song and the lyrics more um just kind of picking it apart um the music video in this one uh similar enough look to the others where you have the band intercut with something going on but this time the music or, or this time what we were seeing actually did tie in to what the song was talking about. And it was a uh, Sel- Selma Hayek was in the video and she plays like this Rosalia who's obviously in an abusive relationship. So I'm going to have to go back. I don't, I looked for it and I must not have looked in, in I must not have yeah. been searching the right things. I mean, I searched, I went to YouTube and went better than Ezra Rosalia music video and got nothing. Gotcha. Huh? Well, so I, I, don't, to- I don't, I don't, did, I mean, did you do the same thing and got I, something? I think I just typed better than Ezra Rosalia. So just type that. And it okay. should be one of the first things that pops up, and you'll see it. And this was actually probably okay. my favorite of the music videos, just because it actually felt like it tied into the song. Right. And also seeing gorgeous Selma Hayek is always a good bonus <laughs> as well. But she's in an abusive yeah. relationship, so it's like, eh. Right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next song, number six on the album. And that is the song Cry in the Sun. Summer redstone, but the ship was dry. With a girl from Carolina And you held her so tight For the warmth that the rain denied Is a time of slow to a flash So alive Listen to them when they say All right, so I love the lyrics to this song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just especially that that first the first verse. I mean, it just sounds like you know poetry. You cleaned out your room and under your bed lay a picture long forgotten. With a hand to your head, you sigh out loud as the memory rushes over and buries you. Doesn't sound like the poem the way I read it, but the way yeah. he sings it, yeah. it sounds very poetic. It is I, I, absolutely, I, and I kind of I starting with this song, I also had to like kind of look over the lyrics and just be like i really want to 
dive more into those um, with these right. songs. And so, like, yeah, they're they're fantastic. I love the softer nature of this song compared to some of the previous ones. It's a yes. very passionate singing and passionate just song. Um, this was one of them like I, that I mentioned, you know, Killer Inside, Cry in the Sun, and there's going to be multiple ones, the next one after this, and then like multiple after that as well, mm-hmm. that I could just listen and just be, I don't know, poetic, angsty teen. And it worked yeah. really, really well for me. The only line that I never quite understood was the one in the chorus where he goes, so he goes, Cry in the Sun, then he goes, When the Devil Beats His Wife. And for some reason, that one never really resonated with me. So uh, I looked that up. Because I was always kind of curious, curious about some of these lyrics as well. Yeah. And, you know, when the devil beats his wife, uh, apparently uh, when the devil beats his wife is a southern expression, which we haven't heard of. But there's a lot of southern expressions uh, for the weather phenomenon of a raining when there's sunshine occurring at the same time. So, ah. so cry in the sun very similarly. You know, the sky is crying, but it's in the sun. Similar expression for when the devil beats his wife is a saying for that as well. Um, okay. So, uh, but uh, you know, obviously, you know, that all of that crying in the sun, the devil be the that evokes, you know, certain images, very poetic images. And it's kind of almost a metaphor for joy and pain at the same time, you know, sun and and rain, um, and kind of whoever, whatever this relationship that he got from this girl from Carolina, um, you know, all could have been, all could have been mixing together. And the way you put it, it's a goddamn poem, and it <laughs> right. the song is very beautifully <laughs> written. So yeah, so it's basically a song about uh, I guess lost love, but um, just kind of all these emotions I guess that you kind of go through or whatever he he had to deal with. So yeah, right. And here, uh, especially you can hear it at the beginning of the song. This is where uh, they they have they add the organ mm-hmm. to the song, which I think really helps fill the sound all the way through. Because you know yeah. you got guitar, bass, drums. You could fill it with extra guitar, but that organ sound really just sonically. Fills the gap from yep. top to bottom, so you get a nice full sound all the way through, and and suits is suited to the way they wrote the song. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now we're going to go to a song that actually I really identified with when I was a teenager, and the song is called Teenager. Wrap your- Adam, I actually like to hear you start off first, if you wouldn't sure. mind. Uh, so, this song, and, and you might have a similar story. Uh, you know, one, we listened to the song when we were around teenagers, so it just immediately kind of spoke to us already with that. But it's also this song also really struck a chord with me because of some of the lyrics. Um, Particularly, you know, I came from a family of divorce and this song Mm -hmm. is about that. And it's about, you know, a kid having to go through that and, you know, how he is kind of lashing out uh, because he's coming from a a broken home and he's kind of slipping into drug or alcohol use um, because he doesn't, you know, I, I think because he doesn't know how to act. Um, because of these, he's, this is how he's lashing out from this divorce. And I never was a bad kid. I, you know, I never used mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol uh, until I was, you know, more of age or in college. You know, that's where I started to like, try stuff. But in high school and before, you know, I was a pretty good kid. You know, I, yeah. I, I would say stupid shit and, you know, make <laughs> so many stupid comments. But like, you know, that was it. I, I was trying to be the funny guy. Um, but this this definitely made this song is the kind of one that made me think about my own life. Um, and there's just there's so much angst. This song, right? This is the kind of song that just gives me the fucking feels. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you just you feel a lot of different stuff listening to this song, um, and and I connected with it because of all of that. I mean, you you pretty much said exactly more or less the things I was gonna say. I I definitely identify with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, then I mean, I still identify with it now because you yeah. know past life experiences. You remember, 
Um, and even it, even though it's, it's not necessarily a throwaway line, but it's sort of the chorus when he goes, you know, if it feels good, do it. If it tastes yeah. fine, then drink. There's a range of possibilities. And I kind of, it makes me think about not, like I said, I was, or like you said, uh, I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. I like to think that I was a good kid. I rarely got in trouble unless it was, so, you know, and the things that I got in trouble for were not necessarily like horrible things. I didn't, yeah. you know, steal a car or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> no. But I do remember sort of the temptations of mm-hmm. that age when you don't really think about the consequences of things. You just do it because it feels good or you drink or, you know, something, which is probably why I never drank beer because beer does not taste good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's you're w- wrong. You're so wrong there. You're just not doing it right, John. No, then I never did it right. I I just it's they say it's an acquired taste, and I never acquired it. Yeah, fair enough. But then I never acquired a taste for coffee, and I never acquired yeah. a taste for tea. So yeah, you know this this song has always kind of resonated with me, and and even mm-hmm. still does, even though I'm yeah years from being a teenager. No, oh. I I agree. I mean, yeah, this is definitely. One I think back and can still think inside myself when I listen to it. All right. And now we're going to go to a song that uh, I believe on the album itself is just listed as untitled, but apparently mm-hmm. it has a name called Ether. I'm yeah. not even sure really really need to play this one. Yeah. It's really yeah. just a minute-long interlude. Yeah. And really, it just serves as a purpose, I guess, from getting us from teenager to uh, the next real song. But even then, it just feels like it was a filler. Yeah. So I, if you're okay with it, I'm just going to kind of skip this one. Well, we'll skip. Yeah. I mean, my only thoughts are I'm with you. I, I The back album is has a blank, you know, for the name of it. But Wikipedia right. calls it Ether. And I'm like, no, fuck you. It's untitled. <laughs> yeah. It's untitled. Uh, there's, there's nothing there. Yeah. It's got like a beachy chill vibe to it. But it's honestly, you know what? Not Southern Girl is not my least favorite track. This is easily my least favorite track, but it is, <laughs> it is 100% a throwaway track. It, says, it right. doesn't even need to be on here. And and this sort of thing might have made sense if it happened more often in the album, mm-hmm. like if they had quite a few of these sort of interludes going in, but this is the only one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someday if I ever get a chance to talk to Kevin Griffin, I'll ask him, yeah. what the fuck was up with that one song? Because well, he, he obviously, you know, he's... He likes to tell a story. You know, he understands yeah. storytelling with his lyrics and stuff like that. So, like, what is the story he's trying to tell with this order of songs? And, like, what's the point of that one? Yeah, I don't get right. it. I mean, so. the the band is still going. I wouldn't say going strong, but they're, they're still going. They've they've never really stopped touring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kevin Griffin hasn't. You know, the, the band itself has changed iterations a few times. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've gone longer and longer in between albums. But the band has still toured consistently since they, you know, since they got big in '95. So mm-hmm. I actually I missed out going to see them um, here. Uh, for anyone who's never been to Vegas, uh, we have we have a part of Vegas called Fremont Street. Um, it's sort of it's the original downtown Las Vegas area. It's sort of turned into uh, its own crazy thing. There's a lot of street performers and and other stuff. But one of the things that they do is starting sort of in the late spring and going through the early fall, they do all these free concerts. Um, and they're, you know, mostly they're they're big name bands from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I saw Presidents of the United States of America down there. Um, I saw nice. uh, Smash Mouth down there. <laughs> um, uh, I'm. There in a couple of weeks, Collective Soul is playing down there. Oh shit! Yes, I remember uh, you being a big Collective Soul fan. Yeah, I was a huge Collective Soul fan. Um, and Better Than Ezra played, and I, I either missed it or didn't go for some reason. I can't remember, and I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, so all right, so we're gonna move on to uh, the next song, which is called Summer House.
I really enjoy this song. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, especially because of it, this one's another kind of dark lyricized oh, yeah. or dark lyrics in here. Um, and it, it's weird. Like, I don't know, just the, the way he phrases some of these things. Um, so there's only two verses and a chorus. That's it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of instrumental interlude in between some of the middle of this. Um, but I kind of want to read some of it. So like the first one, the first verse is down by the dock, hot blood in the sun, the body lays up against the re- a bot. Sorry, the body lays up against the reeds. The local said the man had it coming, and it's time someone put him six feet underground. Already pretty dark. Someone's mm-hmm. dead. Nobody really gives a shit. Yeah. Apparently, this guy was an asshole. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of have our chorus, and then the next one. This one is the one that always gets me. Uh, Mrs. showed up to ID the body, then shed a tear as she hid a smile. Uh, the sergeant laughed and sp- smiled in frustra- frustration. One life is lost while another one is found. So, like, apparently, you know, the question the question in the chorus is, where did she go that night? Where did she sleep when the morning came to the summer house? Whatever. The question is, did the wife do it? The yeah. funny thing is, nobody seems to care if she did it. Agreed. It, it, makes, it makes it seem like this guy <laughs> was such an asshole that even the sergeant's willing to overlook the fact that she probably killed him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like the darkness of it. Um, yeah, it's it interesting. I don't know if I even really paid attention that the lyrics were about a, a woman who might have killed her husband, or or in, in the absolute least, she's happy that he's gone. <laughs> right. Um, right. So yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I do. I like that. There's what it starts off kind of with like a deep distorted bass line that goes on. It's it's good. Yeah, it's a right. good sounding song. It's not one of my favorites of the album, but it is a good one. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I am curious. I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of honestly makes me think back on the Rosalia song, you know, like because obviously that was an abusive husband uh-huh. there. And so I'm like, well, shit, does this tie in with that at all? Because then hopefully this asshole guy who was abusing his wife, maybe she kind of stood up and, and killed him, uh, or, you know, or stepped up or, and, and killed right. his dumbass because he was a jerk and he was obviously a bad person. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they tie in like that, but it kind of makes me feel that maybe there is a greater story that moves on with some of these you know what we're just gonna say it is it's you know what we're gonna we're just gonna create a story out of let's it. do it well because also uh the ether song the un the untitled song is has a kind of a, a beach chill vibe so maybe that was them going to the beach you know and they're going to their summer house at the beach and that's like that's where she fucking killed him yeah i don't know i don't know just throwing it out there and oh and maybe the teenager is the child of the two yeah and and you're hearing that song from his point of view, and it's they're talking about divorce, and maybe they go on this trip to try and rekindle things, and she just decides to fucking axe him. That could be it. God damn it, John, that's it. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Adam? Because these are so big right now, I fucking smell Broadway musical. Yes, yes. Broadway musical using the music of deluxe. <laughs> it's fucking happening, people. We're gonna write it. <laughs> oh man, fuck yes. Do we I am just down. have to get permission from Better Than Natural? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, and that is going to take us to the next song, uh, which is called Porcelain. First thing I notice about the song, huge change in tone. Mm-hmm. You know, acoustic guitar, um, no, no real drums, just some congas in the background. You know, you get you get a little bit of the cello sound. Um, you get a distinctive female voice singing backup. So already the song sticks out to me because of the change in the tone of the song. Um, I will say. For me, uh, maybe more so when I was a kid than now, but still a little bit, 
the way the killer inside spoke to you, this song kind of spoke mm. to me. Mm-hmm. It was a song I would just listen to and um, and just kind of zone out and listen and and let the song run its course and probably repeat it a few times, um, just because I, I liked the way the song. You know, I liked how they, what they talk about. I liked how it made me feel. So for yep. me, this was sort of my version of the killer inside. Fair enough. No, this is a be- this is a beautiful song. It's a passionate song. Um, you know, I, and you can, uh, yeah, you can kind of take it a couple different ways. Like when you look at the lyrics, uh, it seems like you know maybe it's about obsession and love. You know, from mm-hmm. one person to another, um, like someone who he thought he knew uh, and loved that loved them, but they hurt him. And you know now he's kind of torn between love and anger, and then honestly hatred of this person as well. I don't know. But you can also interpret it a different way. I'm going to decide to terp- interpret it in the way of uh, uh, trying to tie these songs in together so that the husband is dead. <laughs> when he's dead, John, their skin turns white and it's kind of soft. It looks like porcelain. I think maybe <laughs> the person, you know, how dare you show your face around here? I don't care that you're dead, but you, maybe they're going to this person, the uh, abusive husband's wake. You know, and they're IDing the body uh, or something like that. Or not IDing it, but they're seeing it here. And she's just fucking pissed at him. Uh, but she remembers there was there was joy and love, but also hatred. And she hates this person, too. And their skin looks like porcelain because they're a dead person. I don't know. That's that's how I would use it if I was writing uh, our Broadway play. Okay. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to choose to do it. <laughs> okay. So, I, so uh, to me, in our imaginary... Broadway play. This song is is out of order. This song mm. should come before Summer House, maybe after the Ether or okay. after the Untitled, because it is kind of talking about subject. Basically, like somebody's like, "I hate you, but I love yeah. you." You know, I mean, the bridge mm. part. I, well, I wish I could kill you, savor the sight, get into my yeah. car, drive into the night. So maybe this is her talking herself, like yeah. how much she. Maybe you know, maybe she loves him, but she—he's such an asshole that she hates him, and well, yeah. she's weighing the good to the bad. Of course, yeah, this is this is the conflict of you know—is she gonna do it? Uh, yes, that she has to herself. Oh, I like that. that's a good. I like that, John. All right, I like it. See, we're making progress, people. This is what <laughs> happened back and forth. This is how you make things happen, Kevin okay. Griffin. Uh, our people will be in contact with yep. your people. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, do you have anything else you as else you wanted to add about the song? No, it's it's a very pretty one, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate this All right. song. All right, and then we go on to a song called Heaven. Will you fight for the cause? Can you teach the savage mind their ways are wrong? Help them see what they Um, I do, uh, you know, we kind of start out with that same sort of clean sound and guitar a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that the, the drummer mixes it up. We get a little bit of a march sound mm-hmm. from the drums here, so it doesn't, you know, mixes the style a little bit. It's a little bit softer and, again, a little bit dark. Yeah. A little bit dark in his lyrics. Um, but I've I've always enjoyed this song. It's kind of hard to quantify a lot of what a lot of what I appreciate about some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that you know it makes my Adam goes on his feels walks. You know, this album is fantastic. This is this is another one that's in there, similar. You know, basically, you know, it's it's porcelain, uh, teenager crying the sun, uh, and a killer inside so far. But it also includes this track uh, and the next track as well. Um, but you know, on my on my Adam's feels albums, <laughs> this is this one's in there. Um, but you know, I I always like the song, and I and I particularly like the song, um, part, partly also like you know when I have to to reevaluate and and just 
think about religion in general, especially as a kid, you know, because I feel like this song kind of they they discuss obviously religion. The song is called Heaven. You know, they're they're talking about it within the lyrics. And really, you know, in my head, it's like, you know, at the time, hell, do I believe in heaven? Do I think do I, you know, I I believe I'll go to heaven? Do I do I even believe in that? And so I'm questioning it, you know, as I get older. I believe, know that there is no heaven, um, but like, and my religion has kind of, I, I, I've kind of distanced myself from religion because I'm not, I'm a non-believer, um, but like, to me, that's what I like about this song. It does kind of like make me think as a teen, like kind of be like, well, fuck, you know, what is, what is heaven? Is heaven just this fucking construct that, you know, it's meant to be a tool to help us do the right thing, but, you know, a lot of the times religion just fucks us things over and makes people do the wrong things and do bad right. stuff. Um, and that, that's where I feel like heaven is a great song, you know, with their lyrics, because it, it, it really makes you think. And the the poetic nature of these lyrics, John, I'm yeah. fucking loving breaking this thing down again and re-listening to it and just now really, really trying to analyze what some of this stuff means. I'm, a, I'm having an entire bigger, better, new appreciation for this album deluxe. And I, I, I think I went through a very similar sort of religious mm-hmm. internal debate when especially mm-hmm. when i was a teenager mm-hmm. um until i finally kind of like you came to my own conclusions yeah um but you know it, this sort of thing make, made me think and you know still makes me think yeah yeah so i mean just a, a solid song mm-hmm. for sure in my opinion uh before we leave heaven uh i think in our pseudo broadway play this is a song that's sung solo by the wife slash killer, you know, saying, shit, you know, I, I thought, I, I believe I'm a good person, but I killed someone, and she's got the inner struggle of would she go to heaven or not. You know, maybe you'd have to change some of the lyrics or whatnot, but uh, anyway, that's where I think that she's, you know, she's... I like that. I like after, that a lot. After she's done the deed, but she has to kind of move on with her life uh, and yeah. realize what she's done, but like, you know, go with the inner conflict of she killed this awful person, but... You know, is she an awful person for it, or is she a good person? And would she go right. to heaven? So, just, anyway, she has to she has to live with what she's done. Yeah, exactly. All right, and so now we're going to go to a song called "This Time of Year." Well, there's a feeling in the air, just like a Friday afternoon. Yeah, you can go there if you want. Though it fades too soon So go on Let it be If there's a feeling coming over me Seems like it's always understood This time of year Well, I know there's a reason to change Well, I know there's a time for us You think about the good times And you live with all the bad And you can feel it in the air Feeling right this time of year This one is not one I go back to too much Mm. um, But I really do enjoy this one Okay it kind of, for some reason, it makes me think about high school. Mm. Mm-hmm. It makes, I mean, it just kind of, it remind. I mean, granted, this whole album makes me think of high school because it was, I was in high school. Yeah. Yet, but just the tone of the song and and the kind of the lyrics he's talking about makes me think of my time in high school and, yeah. you know, some of the friends I had and and some of the people I I met and I don't know. It just kind of, you know, makes me think about that. It makes me think about fall, uh, in high school, being in marching band, doing all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, this song, it's there's a lot about, you know, change of the seasons kind of here, just change in general, um, yep. you know, with some of with this song. Um, you know, I, I like this one quite a bit. You know, in, it's it's in my Adam's feels kind of kind of songs, at least like hell half of this album is like that, it, which is one that was perfect for me to go walk and feel of. And I just I listen to this song and I'm just like. God damn it, better than Ezra. You got me again. You got me in the feels again. <laughs> you know, uh, I I think there is a beautiful sadness to this song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not my favorite of the album, but it is a good one. And it just it's another one that I will definitely not skip, but I will enjoy and just appreciate the beauty of this time of year. So that's yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, I like that. Uh, 
I since since we started doing this, even though we haven't done this for every song, uh, I see this as actually I'm not sure where I would put this. I'm not sure if it would be at the end or towards the beginning. But to mm-hmm. me, this is a a song that's going to be sung by the teenager, by the kid. Mm, okay, yeah, could be. It could be like them at their high school, maybe earlier. Get yeah. school, getting ready for school, the school year, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I like that. That makes sense. Let's give the kid something to sing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Uh all right, and now we're we're already we're already there. We're mm-hmm. already on the last official song of the album called Coyote. Hidden out your heart beating in your head, riding on the Texas wind. Raise your feet as you cross the state line. Waking up the Mesa I like this song for a couple reasons. One, uh, we get kind of a different style and tone. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, it's a song about tr- it's a song about travel. To me, I, to me, knowing that the singer spent time um, in in New Mexico and you're driving across New Mexico into Arizona, it sounds like you know, it's it's a, it, to me it's a, it's a dri- it's a driving song sort of. It's a song about traveling, you know, from one place to the other. He's ta- he, you know he talks about you know passing by these towns and you mentions a, a ton of you know a ton of uh, towns and states mentions Texas Mesa uh, Tucumari Santa Fe Phoenix he mentions the Grand Canyon Death Valley Barstow like he's definitely traveling west mm-hmm. so he's kind of he's going from like basically like maybe Texas going from Texas to uh, California and it's just it's him writing a song based on what he's seeing. You know, along this road trip, the 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 beautiful and there really are. If you've ever made that road trip, you know, you think of it as a desert, and it is a desert. But mm-hmm. there's so much beautiful landscape in the in the American Southwest. If you pay attention, you would totally see it. And I don't, to me, this kind of seems like that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I would agree with that I, I like this song. It's uh, not as beautiful as a lot of the other songs, and it's also not as like uh, probably not as poetic in my opinion. But it also right. doesn't have as much of that darkness as some of the others. Right. It seems but- much more hopeful. Yes, it does. I agree. Uh, so maybe this is like the ender, you know, where the wife, you know, has kind of moved on and she's going to move to the Southwest because she's, uh, you know, she's she's finished with that life and she's, yeah. you know, that guy is, is done and now she's going to have a hopeful life out in the Southwest somewhere in California. So what about uh, so what about this? I just had a, I had a thought. So hmm. what if instead of the teenager being their child – what if mm-hmm. the teenager is her and it's a flashback that we go to in her life where we start to understand how her life has hmm. been and so we have two parallel stories that are kind of running. Okay. Where you have you have you you have these flashbacks of her as a teenager and then you have her that that just went through this whole horrific part of her life. Yeah. Too much? Uh, no, I'm cool with it. I I'm cool with this, John. Let's get weird with it, baby. Uh, okay. No, but it's cool. I think. It's, I think. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's. Let's sit down and hash this out because I think you, you got something. Uh, and that is the last official song on the album. And if you had this, uh, the tape or the CD, you would be like, "Wait a minute! This song finished about three minutes or so in, and it's a six-minute track. What is going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's the '90s. You know what that means hidden track um, this is quite possibly one of my most favorite hidden tracks of all time i wrote the exact same track i wrote <laughs> this is the bonus track to compare all other bonus tracks to. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking awesome and i will tell you this uh i remember um before it came on i kind of was like oh yeah there's a bonus track what is it and right before it came on i remembered exactly what it was and yeah. that's because um i remember i used to fall asleep to this album Mm-hmm. Um, I used to love listening to this to go to sleep. So especially the whole back half is pretty chill, not necessarily slow, but it's not as as ruckus as like the first couple yeah. of songs and stuff. And so you end with Coyote, which 
you know, isn't acoustic, but it's it's pretty chill. You know, it's nice and bum 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 bum, and then the and then the you know song ends, and then you fall asleep, and then holy shit, <laughs> a song called apparently has two names. Uh, it is either uh, apparently it's uh, it's known in some circles as Streetside Jesus, which I'm not really sure. Well, he but, does he does have the lines. He does say Streetside Jesus in the okay. song. Uh, but I always like to think of it as De Pork und Beans. <laughs> De Pork und Beans mit Sauerkrauten. This song just fucking makes me laugh. Yeah, it it does. It is silly. It's stupid. Uh, I read apparently this is Kevin Griffin's um, kind of like a, a it's their goof on German techno bands. So probably like when Rammstein started coming across and they're like, oh, this is what they sound like. <laughs> der Pork und Beans mit Sauerkrauten <laughs> or something. Uh, but it is it's funny. It's a silly, stupid, perfectly weird song. It makes no fucking sense, uh, you know, trying to compare it to any other song on the album, but I am totally okay with it. You know, yeah. I, I love just how out there it is. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it sounds very industrial. Um, the, yeah. li- the, I mean, the, you have the parts where he sings in German, then he has the, the other part where he is singing in English where he's like, street side Jesus, save a soul for Nicola. Da-. I mean, I don't know where this came out of. So, Apparently, because I looked this up as well, because I was curious. Okay. P- apparently, a streetside Jesus uh, is a is a is not either a nickname or it's a it's a either a code name or whatever uh, for a male prostitute um, who's <laughs> who's out pulling tricks. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know how it ties into some of the other stuff, but the you can barely understand what he's saying anyway. The way he's the way he sings it. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if this would. Uh, fit at all in our Broadway play maybe maybe some maybe the te- a teenager has it playing on on a radio at one point just as like a you know fun <laughs> hidden little thing but there's no right it's not gonna yeah. it's not gonna be sung for its own it's, no. it's not getting its own uh, specific song so as I, as I mentioned I remember I used to fall asleep to this and then be rudely awakened when this yes. song started <laughs> yep uh all right uh do you have anything else you want to add about this or anything no no it's it's fantastic yeah all right so let's go into final thoughts uh, Adam, I'll let you have first word on this sure. one. Um, I love just how many different beautiful songs there are. As I've already mentioned, I love revisiting it, looking at the lyrics as I did, and really understanding now uh, just how fantastically poetic it is. Uh, at the time, you know, this was really the young adult angsty album of my life. You know, it was one mm-hmm. of, uh, and. You know, it's really been great revisiting it, and it absolutely reminds me that I need to check out this full album more, and I need to check out more Better Than Ezra. Um, yeah. Just, you know, get they have some other really good songs, and they're a solid-ass band that I, I want to, you know, reinvest some time looking into them. Um, it's one, this is an album that can and should be listened to without skipping, because mm-hmm. uh, every song is good. You know, even the ones that we didn't love, they're fucking good. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to, and I think everyone out there should go out and listen to some more better than Ezra. Uh, I don't think I could have said it any better. Um, this is a, this is an album that I kind of, I tend to like rediscover every year. Mm -hmm. I'll, 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 uh, I'll go for a while without it and then I'll be like, oh yeah, deluxe. And then I'll listen to it, you know, quite a bit. And then I'll, you know, I'll get distracted by something else and go, and then every year I just seem to rediscover it again. 
and I keep coming yeah. back to it because it's so good. Yeah. Um, I've always loved this album. Um, every song on here, it's one of the ones that I would just play all the way through then. I play it all the way through now. Yeah. Um, the songs resonate with me still. They resonated mm-hmm. with me then, sometimes for the same reason, sometimes for different reasons. But uh, as Adam said, uh, if you've not listened to this whole album, uh, do yourself a favor, go out and listen to it. You know, I mean, nowadays it's so easy to find all the songs. You can probably find all the albums on, you can find everything on Spotify or, you know, YouTube, I'm sure yeah. you can find the mm-hmm. album. So, um, all right, unless you have anything else to add. I'm, um, I'm good. Super, I'm super happy about this album. And that was our review of Deluxe by Better Than Ezra. Please join us next time for a Jim Carrey-centric episode as we break down the 1988 film Earth Girls Are Easy, review the 90s sketch show In Living Color, and recast Earth Girls Are Easy using actors of today. If you'd like to reach us, you can email us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media by searching at BlastPassCast. If you are a supporter on Patreon, good news, we will be starting our monthly Patreon-exclusive content on Wednesday, August 28th, and you will get one every month. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.